What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of National Pastime. John and Toaster here, as always. And today we get to discuss our favorite topic, quarterbacks. So Chris Sims put out his list of top 40 quarterback rankings, and we disagree with a lot of it, surprisingly. So we're going to get into the key names in his rankings that we disagree with, and then give me a look our own analysis and where we slot in some of these guys so you can get a feel for it but uh, excited to dive into this one and this is a fun topic ultimately it's meant to be fun and we hope that you enjoy it and join in and let is us this, know what you think is this like golf is one high or low uh well what i was gonna say one is one is low but then yeah now i'm confused so you've <laughs> you've accomplished your goal i think <laughs> all right one is one is the best how about that okay and, and then 10 is the goat 10 is the goat and yeah i think if you so, haven't listened quite yeah you will on a scale from one perfect. to ten one from best ten to goat figure it the fuck out yeah where's the boat rank in there ah oh, damn it I think he's starting quarterback for the fucking Packers this year. Uh, he might be. All right. We'll see if the boat makes our list. Here we go. All right, Toaster. So we get to talk about probably the one thing in sports that gets me more excited than anything, honestly. And it's the quarterback position. It is the most important position in all of sports. It's obviously the most important position in football, which we care about. Uh, very much about and it's the way that people discuss and rank quarterbacks is always such an interesting topic and there's no hard and fast rules although obviously whatever we say today is uh, the law and everyone should agree with us but in general there are no hard and fast rules it's all subjective all these guys have different situations that they're in that affect ultimately their performances. But we're going to do our best here to talk about how we rank these guys in a vacuum and what we think about them as quarterbacks. Now, uh, a, this is sparked essentially by, well, two things. One, a very dead period in the NFL calendar. It is what it is, but we're obviously still thinking about football constantly. And yeah, so sad that the spring league football just ended. We need something to fill that void. Can we get a can we get a summer ball going? Yeah, what can we get a mega bowl two and just get like uh you know that that game was good. We, we the most mega. The most mega, yeah. And we'll get Megan Fox to sponsor. It'll be great. Oh, mega mega foxier. Yeah. Part two. All right. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> so Anyway, we're, we're in a very dead period of the calendar, obviously. But two, uh, Chris Sims, who most of you may know, former NFL quarterback. Uh, he is now a radio personality or a podcast personality, our, our competition, if you will. Uh, but Chris Sims is a very respected voice in the NFL community, uh, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. And... He put out his top 40 list 
Uh, Wait, this is a real guy? I thought this was like when they do the Madden simulations, and this was just like Chris's simulations. Chris, yeah, Chris's simulated top 40 quarterbacks. <laughs> that would make more sense based on some of the things we're going to get into here. But Chris Sims puts out his list. Uh, through his podcast of his top 40 quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, the methodology here is these are the quarterbacks and the rankings of which he's taking them into the year 2021 and how he's evaluating these guys today. Now, with that said, I think we can just kind of jump into this here. We're, we're not going to get into all 40 of these guys. It's not worth it necessarily, but the positioning of some of them on the list is quite curious and we might as well lead off with the i guess biggest issue that most people have had with it and that is he has josh allen number two aaron aaron Rodgers number three patrick mahomes number one just spoiler alert but josh allen he has as his second best quarterback in the entire nfl today ahead of the MVP of the 2020 season, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> what are your initial thoughts there? Well, when whenever you're evaluating quarterbacks, there's so many things to look at. It's the stats, it's the impact to the team, and it's ultimately, are they going to win? And I, I break mine up into tiers, and I go tier one, playoff lock, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady on any team, you're making the playoffs. Josh Allen, I have number six. I think he's an instant contender if you throw him on a team, but he's had one year where he's put up stats that are something that anybody would claim about. I mean, uh, before last year, they were talking about, was Josh Allen even a good draft pick? And yeah. he, he, he restructured his mechanics. He did a lot of work in the offseason, and he had a great year. But until you see it another year, another two, three years, are you just jumping on the bandwagon that this wasn't a, a one-off uh, COVID type of type of year where there's a lot of extenuating circumstances? And is this what it's going to be going forward? Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen was last in the NFL in completion percentage by starters that qualified over the last his first two years in the league. He makes a significant jump in year three, which I don't want to discount, but we've never seen this from him at any level now granted the guy is talented as all get out he has a fucking cannon for an arm he's a very good athlete he's big he's strong but at wyoming his numbers were pedestrian and that's putting it nicely and he gets drafted so you're, because you're putting he, trey lance at number two then yeah trey lance is ahead of josh allen in my rankings okay. for sure yeah <laughs> But Josh Allen was drafted as high as he was because of traits, right? Which I 100% am okay with taking that route. But he never showed that this was the kind of guy that he could be this last season. So for people not aware, Josh Allen went, the Bills went 13-3 and last year with him as their starter. He completed 69.2% of his passes, which... Uh, last year, the year before, was 58.8. So <laughs> he had more than a 10% jump in completion percentage. He threw 37 touchdowns, which was uh, his touchdown percentage was 6.5, which was 2.2 uh, percentage points higher than it was in 2019. And 
interceptions he threw 10, which uh, wasn't, you know, not a, a, that's a huge like deviation me. from his previous yeah. years. Um, but back to the touchdowns, I mean, some of those were to Cole Beasley, and who knows if he's even going to play if you listen to our last podcast. Um, <laughs> but no, he, ha- he had a considerable jump, and the reason I keep him in Tier 2 is because of those athletic traits. I mean, he is a freaking gigantic human being, and it's kind of what Cam Newton's career trajectory was in the beginning, right? He's got that running prowess. He can still be a red zone threat, and what I rule – league MVP out of his future? Not at all. Uh, but I don't think that he's in that tier one where you put him on any roster and he takes them to a, a conference championship. No, and we're and we're talking about ultimately here how you're comparing him to Aaron Rodgers because uh, that's what Sims is doing essentially, right? By putting Allen two and Rodgers three. And team Aaron commitment Rogers, was one of the was one of the criteria. Oh, was so it? That, that, yeah. was, that was the tipping point. Oh, yeah. What does that say about Deshaun Watson being fourth on his list? Then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's so, committed to a team. It's just the Instagram team. Yeah, there you go. But Aaron Rodgers here, we're talking about, and, and I get we're talking about how these guys are playing next year, right? You drop them on a team in 2021, and how are they playing? But in Aaron Rodgers, we are talking about in my, for my money, the greatest talent to ever play that position. And Sims actually agrees with that. And Sims talks about that quite a bit. He also, in his explanation, acknowledges that Rodgers is a better decision maker and he's more accurate. Now, his what sways him towards Allen is that he said that ultimately those things aren't enough to overcome the plays that Josh Allen makes. And he acknowledges that he's gotten significantly better at taking care of the ball, which the numbers bear that out. Like his, his negatively graded throw rate, if you go by PFF and his um, turnover worthy play rate has dropped significantly. So he, he definitely showed that last year. But again, the thing for me is we're looking at a one season sample and I'm not ready to put Allen in that same conversation. Now, you, you mentioned Allen was in your second tier. Allen, I've got eighth on my list of quarterbacks. So for me, I go Mahomes, Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Deshaun Watson at five, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, and Josh Allen. And I just think that, in and and that is heavily boosted by the fact that he did what he did last year. And I just think we're, we're, it would not shock me at all if in 2021 we see a significant regression from him. Now, I'm not saying that's the Bills are the bottom of the AFC East again. But, you know, if his completion percentage drops even five points, which still puts him fine, but like 69% of his passes with, the depth of target that he had and everything last year was insane. If if he just regresses to the mean slightly, I mean, we're talking about a completely different stat line. Yeah, and, and I mean, that was with John Brown, who had his injury troubles, and there was a differential between when John Brown was in versus when John Brown was out. Um, our top eight, I would say, actually are pretty close. Uh, 
outside of I dropped Lamar and Dak into their own category, um, into probably 11th and 12th for me. Uh, but okay. but back to but back to Josh. Um, he he's done enough. He has potential. He can get there, but I need to see it for an extended period of time before I'm willing to put him above uh, the Rogers, the Watsons, the Wilsons, the people that have established that they can do it over and over again. And this isn't just, I'm if we look at my list later, um, this isn't that I'm discounting rookies or people with with less experience. It's just that if you look at his first two seasons versus his last season, I think yeah. that there, this isn't an exponential growth curve right here. He's not just going to the moon because he had one good year. There were legitimate issues that he had in his first two years. And maybe that was that there was a competitive Patriots team because they're used to losing two. They beat the Patriots twice last year. And that's the difference between a 13 and three record and 11 and five record. And maybe we're having different conversations. So mm -hmm. I need to see more from him over a longer period of time before I put him in that upper echelon. And quite frankly, uh, number two is ridiculous. Um, and Chris Sims probably did this just so that he could get um, a lot of, you know, high profile podcasts talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, mission accomplished, Chris. Mission accomplished. Yeah. And, and none of this is to say that Josh Allen didn't really surprise a lot of people and play exceptionally well last year because he definitely did. But when you're talking about this category of quarterback, these are all timers. Like th these are fucking dudes that are the best of their era, surefire Hall of Famers in today's day and age. I, I just don't see, until we can see it consistently, I don't know how you can expect 2021 Josh Allen to be 2020 Josh Allen. We just, we don't have enough data points to, to say that that's true. Now, well, well, and even to that point, if we're talking about 2021 Josh Allen, how are we not talking about 2021 Tom Brady and putting him at 10? Because yes. if we're looking at the same criteria here, we can't have Josh Allen eight spots above Tom Brady when Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers are favorites to win the uh, NFC and Mahomes and Allen are favorites to win the AFC. It just, the the dichotomy between what the metric is doesn't match up and what he's putting on this piece of paper. For sure, and just so everybody is aware, uh, I'll just run through his top 10 real quick. So Sims has Mahomes one, Allen two, Aaron Rodgers three, Deshaun Watson four, Russell Wilson five, Lamar Jackson six, Kyler Murray seven, Matthew Stafford, eight, Dak Prescott, nine, and Tom Brady, 10. So I think maybe we could move on a little bit from Josh Allen here and start to get into some of the other uh, guys that we see ranked quite differently than he does here. So Tom Brady at 10, I think, is the next logical one for me. I think it's 1.0, right? Yeah, it's 1.0. Patrick exactly. Mahomes, one, Tom Brady, 1.0. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Brady at 10. Uh, I have Brady fourth on my list. Okay. So just behind uh, Russell Wilson at three, Mahomes, Rogers, Wilson, Brady is mine. You look at what Brady did in 2020. Now, taking the raw stats out of it, even Tom Brady was the second highest graded quarterback by pro football focus by DVOA. He was the third highest 
uh, graded quarterback in the league behind Mahomes and Rodgers. By ESPN's QBR, he was ninth. So that that lines up a little closer to what um, Chris Sims has. But QBR also heavily weights quarterbacks that can run and uh, probably overweights that. And I think most people that have followed that stat since its inception would say so. So, Well, and the other thing that goes into all of these stats, again, too, is game flow. Like, what does the quarterback actually need to do? If you're up by 15, I mean, because that's what Matthew Stafford's constantly going to be judged against, right? It's like you have insane passing stats, but you've also been down for 80% of your career. Yeah. So is that are, is your 4,500 yards passing amazing, or is it just a necessity of the game flow? And yeah, I think Tom sure. Brady works into that a lot as well, right? When he's had substantially um, impactful run games and great defenses, is he ultimately being called upon to do the same things that a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers is because of the talent around him? And is that a knock against Brady or is that just saying, okay, Brady is elite, but he's got other things around him that makes him not put up the same stats that everybody else does. Well, and how often would you see Tom Brady too in an obvious passing situation? Look at, you know, look at his pre-snap reads and say, Hey, a run here is going to be more effective and check out of a pass play into a run that goes for a first down. And uh, that's the kind of stuff that really sets, I mean, Tom is next, next level, you know, quarterbacking, obviously. Yeah. I will, I will say the fact that he's willing to check out of a pass play and um, go to a run play is why I have him at three and Russell at four Um, as bitter as that (laughs) may be for the Seahawks to swallow. Um, But that's my, that's my order. Okay, so you got just to to check here. Do you have Mahomes one, Rogers two, Brady three, Wilson four? That's your top four. Yeah, Deshaun five, and then I have Allen and six because I've dropped uh, Lamar and Dak Prescott into their own into their own tier. Got it. Okay. So, uh, any other thoughts on Tom Brady? Because I have one more here that really stands out to me. No, uh, I'll defer to you on this one. I, I'm not a Tom Brady extraordinaire. Oh, yeah, not at all. Not at all. You definitely don't have a poster of him above your bed or anything like that. Definitely nothing weird. Mm -mm. Uh, So the next one that really stands out to me is he is Kyler Murray at seven. I have Murray at 11th on my list. So I have Allen eight, Tannehill nine, Stafford 10, Murray 11, just ahead of Derek Carr and Justin Herbert at 12 and 13. I I think um, we've talked quite a bit about Kyler Murray and where we stand on him. I think I'm probably a little higher on him than you are potentially, but um, I would say since I have him ranked number 20. Okay, well, there we go. So let's get into that a little bit. I think my initial thoughts on Kyler as of this moment are this. Kyler is extremely talented. You know, you're going just pure talent at that position, factoring in the the running ability as well. He is probably top five. But Kyler Kyler has not consistently shown, and, and maybe a lot of this is Cliff, and, you know, we won't really know, I don't think, until Cliff is gone, which could be as soon as next year if the NFC West plays out the way I think it will. But 
Kyler has not shown an ability to consistently win from the pocket or want to consistently win from the pocket. And that's not a, a function of just doing it for the sake of doing it, but he very much looks to me when I watch him like a guy that goes, okay, first read, nothing, scramble time. And not scramble for the home run the way Russ does, which it, Kyler Kyler has done that. It's I'm not, not it's not by time. It is make a play. That's make a difference. play. Yep. And Kyler Kyler's he just looks uncomfortable in the pocket to me sometimes. And the the Cardinals, by all accounts, had an above average an average to above average offensive line last year. And it probably got better even this offseason. And I just don't see him until we, again, it's same like Josh Allen, right? Until we have a large enough sample size here, until we see Kyler do that on a consistent basis, that's, that's how you win games in the NFL. When playoff time comes, when stud de- you're facing stud defenses and great defensive coordinators, they're going to basically say, look, unless you can just drop back and beat us from the pocket and pick us apart, you know, we're going to we're going to make you work and we're going to make it really hard on you. And Kyler hasn't shown that he can do that. And frankly, the Cardinals record reflects that. I mean, yeah, we talk I, about King, Kingsbury hasn't had a winning record since 2013. And he's coached quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray. So yeah. I think that's part of the reason that I'm holding back Kyler Murray. And that's why these rankings are tough, because it's not just a pure athletic ability. Uh, like you said, if it was just based on can he bowl, then he's easily top 10, if not top five, to your point, because uh, I would consider him a slightly better athlete than Tom Brady, just despite the TB12 method and such. Slightly. Um, but the, the fact that the Cardinals haven't been able to win with Kingsbury leading the leading the charge, I, I don't see the upside for him right now. And even watching his throws, the Hopkins is absolutely amazing. And maybe AJ Green will give them enough buffer to continue to to progress. But I think Murray's largely been bolstered by what Hopkins and that absolutely egregious trade was able to do for the Cardinals just to make them competitors. And when I say competitors, that's still not a winning record. Keep that in mind. They missed the playoffs. They missed the playoffs last year. And And they're they're most teams in the playoffs ever. Yeah, seriously. And we're going to, we're going to get that again. And I, I think we've talked about it a little bit on this podcast, but I, you know, if I'm handicapping that division, they're fourth, right? Like you, you can't really, I'm not saying there's not a path for them to potentially win the division or make the playoffs, but if you're just looking at it on paper, you cannot in good conscience. And if you live outside of the Phoenix area, say that the Cardinals are a better team than the Seahawks, the Rams or the 49ers when fully healthy, you just can't. So you're looking at, a, the, the only team that's finish. even an argument is honestly the Seahawks, and they've never lost. They've never not won double-digit games, and adding a game to this season is going to make it even more likely that they win at least ten games. Yeah, yeah, and the Seahawks, by all accounts, have gotten better this offseason. Not, I don't think substantially, 
but they they've added some pieces that I think fit and work for them that are going to make them a better team, especially with Russ and the renewed relationship there to some degree, at, at least for this year, looking to ball out. Right. right. And I just don't see Kyler elevating that team a step further right now. And is that, that, a, is that a short man joke? <laughs> hey, uh, if we were injecting bias into our rankings here, um, Kyler is a short king like myself, so he would be at least three spots higher if we were doing that. But okay. unfortunately, so that, no. on my list, I'd put him above Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. Just again to point out that I'm not holding back the rippies. I just don't see that Allen's portrayed enough quite yet to put him in that upper echelon. Yeah, for sure. So Kyler, you have it 20 though. Can you can you give us some of the names ahead of him? Um, from a surprising standpoint, I will probably put, I'll say Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins is ahead of him. Baker Mayfield. Um, here, let's just name my tiers real quick. Tier one is playoff lock. You put these guys on your, on your team, you're going to make the playoffs. Tier two, instant contender. That means you put them on there and you're immediately with you got a shot. Team. Tier three is stabilized. And this one's kind of ironic because I actually have Justin Herbert. Number seven, Matthew Stafford, number eight, Derek Carr, number nine, and Carson Wentz, number 10. And three of the four of those, actually probably all four of those teams are completely unstable franchises, right? <laughs> the Chargers have gone off the cuff multiple times. The Lions, before when Stafford was on the Lions, were they were stable. I'll give them that, stable at the bottom of the, the division. Um, yeah. And then Derek Carr, again, he's, throw, he's throwing for 4,000 yards. He's getting touchdowns. He's just not getting the defensive support that he ultimately needs. And then Carson Wentz, I'm a high on in this new Indianapolis offense. Get him back with reach. And I, I think that he's going to be able to do some impressive things in 2021. Again, these are 2021 rankings, not 2020 rankings, because I'm not sure Wentz would have even made the list in 2020. Yeah, After I, that, I think that. Yeah, good. I think that's probably our biggest uh, discrepancy. There is Wentz because I'm maybe a little too influenced by his 2020 season. I actually have him 23rd, and you have him 10. So that's that's a pretty significant change. But um, so just to get back to Murray, you have Murray at 20. Who, what for shits and gigs? Who's 19? Uh, I said Burrow's 18, Lawrence is 19. Okay. And so I've got Murray. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the surprise and even the surprise to you probably is going to be that I have Justin Fields at 13. Oh, okay. Well, and that again, beca that. that again becomes the impact on the team mm -hmm. versus the, the true stats. Do I think that Fields is going to have better stats than, Kirk Cousins, probably not. I don't think he's going to have more rushing yards than Kyler Murray. But no. I think the impact to the team that Fields can have is going to be greater if we get him starting by week two. Sure. Which is looks like it could happen, right? If I was coaching, I think we made this clear in one of our first podcasts that he should be the starter week one, regardless yeah. of whether or not we think that Dalton is any, any – you know, whether or not the press or the PR team guaranteed him to be QB1, you put him in there, 
get get some licks in against the Rams and get three solid games in against some subpar competition before that terrible stretch that the Bears have weeks five through ten. Yeah, I I'm a hundred percent in agreement on that. I I don't think Fields is the kind of kid that will be. You're not going to break him against Aaron Donald, and you might as well get those uh, those reps. But I, I, this is actually really interesting because. For reference here, Justin Fields appears at number 39 on Chris Sims' top 40 list, just ahead of Case Keenum, who rounds out the list. I actually have Fields at 26, and that's really just a function of not knowing when he'll play and how ready he will be and all of that stuff. He can he can shoot up the list pretty quick. Uh, like a lot of these guys can. I have Lawrence at 20. Lawrence can move up if he if he performs well. But what do you think about the fact that Sims has fields at 39? Just I given where it, you have him right. Nothing against Sims again. If he wants to come on the podcast, we'll probably invite him. Um, we've never tried a three-way before, but we'll see how it works. And it's really just about the rookies are all at the bottom of the list, right? I mean, his highest one is Trevor Lawrence at 28. Do we really think that Trevor Lawrence is the 28th best quarterback in the league? Especially when he's not even listing Jalen Hurts. Like, he doesn't have a starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins or the Philadelphia Eagles in the top 32. So if you think... Yeah. (laughs) So if you really think that Trevor Lawrence is the 28th best quarterback and that includes backups, that means Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston are both above Trevor Lawrence. It's just a, you have to, he's hedging his bets on the rookies because they haven't proven anything yet. And I think that that's what we're trying to do in our list is say, it's not about what have you done. It's about what will you do? Yeah, I, I agree. I think I fit somewhere between you and Sims on where the rookies are ranked within my list as well. But yeah, All to right, have enjoy the middle on that three system. <laughs> oh God. Sounds terrifying. Uh, Sims has Taysom Hill at 24 and Jameis Winston at 25. Those are not, first of all, those aren't coin flip guys for me, uh, which clearly he's turning them into. But I also in no world, do I see Trevor Lawrence being worse than those two guys? If you held a draft for every available player in the league right now, where where would Trevor Lawrence go? He, if we we're talking about starting a new franchise, so I'm, yeah, every every single franchise has the number one overall draft pick right now. Thirty-two teams, plus their incumbent quarterback. He, there's no way he drops past. I would even say five. I mean, yeah. Mah- you know, uh, I don't think the Chiefs move on. I don't think the Bills move on. The Ravens, I would even see moving on. Quite frankly, I had I told you I have Lamar Jackson at number eleven. Um, well, Lamar the Chargers, might be. The Chargers Lamar might be getting on. forty mil a year pretty soon. Uh, uh, Thirty-six. I don't know. Um, but so Justin Herbert, they're not moving on from. But everybody, Joe Burrow, probably not. But everybody else is kind of up in the air. And you're definitely taking Trevor Lawrence over Jameis Winston. And how Taysom Hill is graded above Jameis Winston, I I have no clue. Um, Because one is a quarterback, one is a tight end. And even just looking at age and potential, right? Like 
Jameis is four years younger than Taysom. You're take you're taking Jameis if you have the opportunity. Yeah, I I don't know, and, and Jameis will probably end up being the starter. Like, despite that very terrible workout video from the other day, he will probably end up being the starter there. Uh, the the next name that I think stands out to me, and I'm curious to get your thoughts because I think we are <laughs> we're gonna differ quite a bit on this. He has Sam Darnold at 19 on his list. So uh, sandwiched between Carson Wentz at 18 and Cam Newton at 20. Jimmy Garoppolo's 21 for the record, but he has Darnold at 19. I am not high on Sam Darnold at all. Darnold is. This may shock you. 36 on my list. <laughs> so I know that I'm going to take some flack because I've been high on the Panthers and high on a Darnold turnaround, but I did mine again by tiers. So playoff lock, instant contender, stabilize, wild card. That's Lamar Jackson, the Dak Prescott, and then I even put Justin Fields in there. And the wild card for Lamar Jackson is because. I don't see his skill set as being ultimately transferable. Dak Prescott's a wild card because while he threw for an impressive amount of yards, I put him in the Matthew Stafford category. And like, were those actually a result of being competitive or were those out of necessity because you had a defense and you had that you had no defense and you had to put up 50 points. Um, the next tier was tier five can't move on from. So those are like the Baker Mayfields, the Ryan Tannehills, the Joe Burrows, like they're locked in. And then tier six was the let it ride. And that's where Sam Darnold was for me. And the let it ride was beyond behind Kyler Murray. So I go Kyler Murray and then Sam Darnold. So okay. So you, you have Darnold at, at 21. Yep. And so if you look at it from where everybody else has Kyler Murray substantially higher then I put him in that same tier. I think that ultimately he probably can do more than Kyle Murray, but I'm not jumping ship and saying he's the top 20 quarterback in the NFL right now. Yeah. So you've got him in the bottom third of the league, which I think is fair. I've, I'm just, until we see something from him, I'm very low on him. So it's, it's tough for me, but uh, Sam Darnold, he's like Santa. You've got to just, seeing's not believing. It's like the ghosts, right? You can't Sing see Darnold. Sam Darnold being successful. You just got to believe that Sam Darnold yeah. will be successful. Well, that's what the Panthers are doing and why they passed on Justin Fields. So they're, they're feeling that same way. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the, for me, the difference between 21 and where I have Darnold at 36 is negligible. Um, my 21st quarterback is Ryan Fitzpatrick and you know, I'm, I'm high on Fitzmagic this year with the Washington football team, but the, the difference between those two guys, I think is fairly small. Um, so when we get to that portion of the list, we're kind of splitting hairs to some degree, but, but I think that's kind of what it says about the league, right? Once you're past that 10, 12 range, are you even competing for anything at that point well you're i think you're looking at schematic fits at that point but ultimately yeah the guys are interchangeable and that's why if you don't have one of those 10 to 12 guys you should always be looking always be shopping and you know for me i have 
Stafford 10, Murray 11, Carr 12. I have Herbert 13, which probably, um, you know, like you mentioned, the Chargers wouldn't be moving on from him except for a handful of guys. But Cousins 14, Mayfield 15, Matt Ryan 16. I mean, once you get to that point in the list, you you should always be looking for an upgrade, especially with how much. Well, yeah, I mean, I think money is a little prohibitive for them there, but it, factoring in that money especially is why I would always be looking for an upgrade over Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. For what you're paying him, it you're not getting the return on investment, and I would happily swap him out for somebody lower on the list if I was the Vikings, if you're getting the savings and you can you know, divert the savings elsewhere. But yeah, I mean, once you get past those top guys, you're, it, it's funny because we're in a point in the NFL, or we're at this point with all these teams where quarterbacking without question has never been better in the history of the league. Just top to bottom, quarterbacking has never been better. But there's also so many teams that are always looking for a quarterback because you need a guy, everybody knows now, that you need a guy that's going to elevate your team. You look at the past Super Bowl winners over the last 20, 30 years, the list of quarterbacks that were starters for those winning teams is very short. Now, maybe that's skewed quite a bit because Tom Brady, but... Even still, you have Ben Roethlisberger with multiple. You've got Peyton Manning with multiple. You've got very few guys that can really give you, to your tier example, a chance to win because they're your guy. And if you don't have one of them, you need to be always looking. Uh, I mean, how crazy is that, that on this whole top 40 list, there's only two quarterbacks that have more than one Super Bowl. Tom Brady with seven. Ben Roethlisberger with two, and then everybody else in the league doesn't have more than one. I guess outside crazy. of Jimmy Garoppolo, he technically has two, but he was as a starter playing at the time. Yeah. Um, so that's to your always be looking point. Like this isn't a you can't be stagnant. You know, you're not expecting a eagle situation where you have a backup quarterback in Foles being able to take you to the take you to the the victory fields like that just doesn't happen um you constantly need to be looking to improve at that position and again if you're outside that top 10 why not take a chance um we've said let it ride trevor lawrence right why not take him zach wilson uh the fact that the dolphins the eagles the lions the Broncos, everybody passed on a quarterback when they had an opportunity to is astounding to me, quite frankly, when you look at this list. Yeah, the the Broncos are keeping their fingers crossed for an Aaron Rodgers trade, but if not, we'll be looking for a new quarterback next year. No offense, Drew Locke. The Panthers... To that point, though, real quick, you were talking about Kirk Cousins and the willingness to swap him out for somebody below him. Do you take Teddy Bridgewater? Uh, I I would it, I would too. And, yeah, and the Vikings had that very opportunity. They moved on from Bridgewater because obviously he was injured at the time. 
gave Kirk Cousins a guaranteed contract that, quite frankly, makes it almost prohibitive to put Mond in this next year. Um, but going all in on a mid-tier quarterback is not the way to get yourself into the Super Bowl. No. When you can flip a coin on whether a guy is going to be better than another guy, uh, one of them should not be making $33.5 million guaranteed and the other one making whatever Teddy's making, what, like $10 million, if that, $8 million. Yeah, just, I, yeah. He got he got basically bought out for that amount of money. Yeah. So, yeah, it's if you don't have one of these guys – you should always be looking, and most of these guys are interchangeable at the end of the day. But I think the the next question I have for you here is, with all these names in front of you, who do you see in 2021 that has an opportunity that is outside of that premier, let's just say top five, or I, I know your tiers are slightly different, but who has the chance to elevate themselves into that level that we haven't seen quite yet, a la Josh Allen? Um, not to be a cop-out, but I truly do believe that it's Justin Herbert. That yeah. team back healthy with a coach in, in Staley that can actually manage the game. I think that they are – uh, <laughs> we've heard this for the last three to five years, I feel like, with the Chargers. They've got so much talent on the roster, and they just consistently underperform. Um, but Justin Herbert's someone I put in that tier. Baker Mayfield's somebody that I actually take out of that tier. I know a lot of people are high on the Browns right now, and I just don't – I think that Mayfield is in a lot of ways a liability. If I had to elevate somebody from my bottom tier – to take them to the next level. I would honestly have to go with Teddy Bridgewater and just because of the talent surrounding him that he can, he can make some names. So, I mean, that's two, that's two uh, um, AFC West teams. That makes it difficult, but I'm high on the, I'm high on the chargers because of Herbert and I'm high on the Broncos for everything except for their quarterback position. Yeah. But Teddy can come along for the ride. Yeah. No, if, te if Teddy can put it together with that group, or just like, again, Steady Teddy, it might be a nickname that has some negative connotation to it. But if you can steady the ship and get hot at the right time, I mean, we, we have seen guys, Nick Foles, Eli Manning, <laughs> Joe Flacco, we, we've seen those random... Super Bowl wins come from guys that are average that get hot at the right time. And Teddy, Teddy could do that for sure. With that supporting cast, I could a hundred percent see that. Yeah. And I just want to be clear too, that I was uh, taking the top five for a little bit for granted there, because I mean, Matthew Stafford and Carson Wentz, just because they're coming into incumbent playoff teams, I kind of ruled them out for this discussion. This is somebody that's elevating their team above where they were the year before and for Stafford and Wentz, they're both playoff teams, so it's not necessarily a true elevation. But if yeah. I were to put them in there, that those would be my those would probably be right after Herbert. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Stafford is the obvious one that is could really take a leap forward with McVay and that offense and that team. But yeah, I mean, I think for me, looking at the list, Herbert, 
Herbert's the natural one, uh, although I do expect regression in some areas for him next year. Um, it, you will probably not agree with this at all. Uh, Joe Burrow is that guy for me that could elevate his team. I, I'm not saying they're going to necessarily win a shit ton of games, but look at what Deshaun Watson did last year and how he played. And the fact that they won four games was a fucking miracle. I could see that same thing sort of happening with Joe Burrow year two. Uh, win four games. Yeah, they win four games. Uh, but they are winning. The only reason they're even remotely competitive is because of Joe Burrow. And if you look at the reports or listen to the reports that have come out of the offseason activities, uh, he is throwing the ball with a lot more velocity. His, his arm strength appears to be better, which is something that we've seen guys have the ability to improve on coming out of college with just some mechanical changes and things. And you put that into everything else that makes Joe Burrow special, his his accuracy, his ability to process, his just games, the gamesmanship element of it, right? The intangibles. And I think we could see Burrow take a significant leap. I have him on my list at number 17, which uh, now that I'm looking at it is actually where Chris Sims has him as well. I'm going to assume that you have Joe Burrow significantly lower. No, I've got I've got Burrow at eighteen. I'm I'm not okay. low on Burrow, but I don't think that I mean, given just his own division going against Steelers, Ravens, Browns, it that's tough to tough to make waves. And then the AFC just in general, um, the fact that I listed off three teams that were potentially um trying to buy for just the AFC West and that didn't even include the Raiders with Derek Carr who I have ranked as number nine. Um there's there's a lot of activity there and I just don't think that Burrow's gonna be able to take them out of the depths. Um hopefully his deep ball deep ball uh throws improve next year. Um that was definitely something that he was lacking in his first five games. Uh I, I think he can make a move, but I, I don't see him Again, what is the metric for moving the needle? Is that a playoff victory or is that impressive no. stats, right? No, it's it's just overall play at the position and elevating your team. I, I don't think there's any question that Deshaun Watson elevated his team last year with his play, despite the fact that they only won four games. If you swapped out Deshaun Watson with a replacement level player, you're probably looking at the Texans going over or eking out a win. So uh, that's more of what I'm looking at here. Like what guy can elevate himself on this list independent of team record? No, he's, I mean, he's eligible for comeback player of the year for sure, based on his injury. But I I just, you're much higher on Burrow than I am, despite the mediocre difference in our, in our rankings. Uh, I just, I need to see, I need to see that deep ball thread. Um, I, I, he had AJ Green, and a lot of people are talking about the decline of AJ Green. But if you watch the throws last year, there were a lot of misses to a oh, wide open wide receiver, and that's something that you can't succeed with in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not absolving him of his issues last year, but. I'm just very high on him as a player, mostly because of everything above the shoulders. And I think his arm not strength below is, the knees. Okay. Yeah, not, definitely not below the knees. <laughs> that would be quite a problem for him at this point. But um, 
I, I think his arm strength is adequate enough, and if it's gotten marginally better, is going to be plenty for him to have a long, successful career. And I think that if he can adjust to the NFL game the, the way that I, I think he can, the way that a lot of guys do as they just gain reps and experience, he is the kind of guy that is going to beat you from the pocket no matter what all the time. And I like those guys' odds. And I think he can easily, uh, you know, in a couple of years from now, we could be talking about him in that top five category potentially. But, um, you know, or as like a, a for sure guy there. I, I just think he has the ability to elevate himself near that category with a solid season, hopefully uh, a healthy season this year. And uh, we'll just see where he goes. I, I'm not banking on the Bengals to win a ton of games, but you never know. No, I think my most interesting thing is that I have two playoff teams that I don't have their quarterback ranked above 24. And that's the San Francisco 49ers with Jimmy G at 24 and the New England Patriots with Cam Newton at 29. Wow, you have Cam at 29. Okay. Have you watched I've him throw recently? <laughs> I mean, I did last year. I have him at 24, and I thought you were going to be like, what? Uh, Sims has him at 20, for the record, but you have him at 29. Okay. Um, this is from a Patriots fan, everybody, so there you go. But not a delusional Patriots fan. Uh, no. I just, watching his throwing motion last year was awful, and I wanted to believe that in the offseason he made it better. The couple of mini camp tapes that have come out did not do anything to assuage my my poor mechanics outlook on Cam Newton. And this isn't a league where you can win anymore by having your quarterback rush for 15 touchdowns, but also throw for 12 touchdowns. Yeah, I'm. I love Cam as a player. I have for a long time, and I I think he has undeservedly gotten shit on quite a bit over the course of his career. But where he's at now, based on what we saw last year, unless there's a significant change in the health of his shoulder, I just can't, yeah, I can't put him into the teens. And I think, you know, again, we're flipping a coin with a lot of these guys in the lower end of these rankings. I have Cam 24, you have him 29, probably says the same thing about him ultimately from both of us, but uh, I, I am not going to lie a little shocked that you had him lower than me. I'm a, again, Patriots fan, but non-delusional Patriots fan. Where do you put Ben Roethlisberger in all of this for one more year? One last uh, little hurrah. <laughs> ben is 29th for me. I am very low on Ben Roethlisberger. I'm low on him too. I put him at 22nd. Again, it comes down to tiers, and this is the let it ride tier. And you've got no better options the last time you let it ride with anybody but Ben Roethlisberger. You got hit in the face with your own helmet. Um, so you've got to you've got to take Roethlisberger this year. But I, I'm as much as I think that that division is going to be tough. I'm not convinced at all that the Steelers are going to be even number two. I think that they're number three right ahead of the Bengals. Yeah, I same. And the Steelers came out of the gates hot last year and Ben looked good. Obviously he got hurt. I just, I don't see it 
I don't see it continuing for him, unfortunately. When that decline happens, a lot of times for these guys, it comes quick. And the first sign of decline is usually the sign that it's it's going to be over very soon. And Ben definitely showed that last year. And uh, I, yeah, like I said, 29th for me, not very high in Ben Roethlisberger. Who's your highest rated uh, rookie? Highest rated rookie for me is Trevor Lawrence, and I have him at 20. Okay. And where do that, you, where do you there's have obviously uh, fields I've got pretty low. He is, well, I guess not too low. I've got him at 26. I've got him behind so Cam and Dalton at, Dalton at 25. Deals at 26. Dalton is 28 for me. Um, yeah, Lawrence Lawrence is 20 with, I think, the potential to move up a handful of spots. Here. So I have Jimmy G at 19, Jared Goff at 18, Matt Ryan at 16, Kirk Cousins at 14. I could easily see Lawrence, you know, if he acclimates quickly ahead of all those guys. And uh, we can we could keep a, a running tab here on where we're at with our lists. But I, um, yeah, it's... It's more a function. I, I, I kind of took the Chris Sims approach to it to some degree where we haven't seen them yet, and it's hard to place them above guys that we've seen perform at this level. But Trevor Lawrence seems like a, pretty much a lock to move his way up this list pretty quickly. Completely fair. And Jared Goff, just to throw out there, was one of the hardest to rank for me because I yeah. can completely see him falling into a Matthew Stafford-type stat situation. But, well, actually... We won't go that far just because of the fact that they didn't retool their wide receiver core at all. Um, yeah. But the fact that he's going to need to throw, he's going to need to put up yards, touchdowns to compete. But is he not going to be in the bottom of the NFC North? And obviously they are. So it's tough to rank them. I've got them. I've got them at 27. And that's much more of an uh, indicator of the team he's on rather than the talent that he might possess because he and Darnold are very much in the same ballpark to me that with a, a new a new um, uh, situation can change their, their career trajectory. Yeah, for sure. I'm at 18. Sims has him at 31, so a little bit closer to where you've got him. Yeah, Goff, Goff's tough. He's, he's obviously shown an ability to play at a high level before. There's a reason he was the number one overall pick. But, I mean, God, has the league figured him out? And if you have the talent and a good defensive coordinator that knows what they're doing, you can make him look real bad. And unfortunately, we've seen that happen too many times over the last couple of years. Well, I mean, it all comes back down to has the league figured him out or has the league figured out Sean McVay, similar to how they figured out Kyle Shanahan in the second half. Um, let's let's wrap this up with uh, the two guys that did not make this top 32 on Chris Sims' list as starting quarterbacks right now for their team. Tua and Jalen Hurts, where did you have them? So I have two at 31. Behind Teddy Bridgewater, a starter. Okay, a starter, <laughs> and I've got a Jalen Hurts at thirty-nine. So uh, Hurts is, is yeah, 
I, we're going to need to see him actually perform. Uh, you know, he's, yeah, he put up a, from a fantasy standpoint, I think like some decent numbers last year, just from the rushing when he came in, but uh, I am not sold on him. And I think again, the Eagles passing on him uh, or passing on fields and sticking with Hertz is going to fight them in the ass. Yeah, they might they might have picked the wrong uh, Alabama quarterback to stick with there. Even Mac Jones probably would uh, would have improved their outlook. Six TDs, four interceptions, and in four games for a thousand yards. Um, it was exciting, and I think that that's what gets lost in all of this. Is yeah, we had a Carson Wentz in his worst year for himself, obviously, but even worst year as a starting quarterback. Quite frankly, could have been within the competition. And then you turn to a uh, Jalen Hurts who sparked some energy. And I think a major reason that this is being talked about still is just because of how poor that division was last year. If this was someone that was three, four games removed from the playoffs, do we care that Jalen Hurts did anything he did? No, it was because they were potentially within playoff contention while this was happening. And still his record was only one and three. Yeah, he, you, I think you're right. Exciting is the correct term with him. And hopefully, well, you know, again, I hope I don't wish ill on any of these people. I hope he takes a step forward, but I am not necessarily banking on it. And if I was an Eagles fan, I would be looking at film of the, the next crop of quarterbacks from the 2022 draft because I think they will be moving on from her sooner rather than later. Absolutely. All right, and with that, we will wrap on our quarterback rankings and our analysis of Chris Sims' rankings, which I think brought a lot of great discussion points. But uh, follow us on Twitter at NPTFCall and let us know what you think about our rankings. We will look to put them out separate from the link to the podcast as well, and you can interact uh, that way. And just send us what your rankings are too. We're, we're kind of curious to know what people think and again, at the end of the day, all this stuff is subjective and it's just fun to talk about. But obviously, uh, Toaster and I are right and you and everyone else are wrong. So just make sure you keep that in mind when you apply. I mean, but ultimately, Kyler Murray is number one. Whether or not that means he's the best quarterback or not is up for debate. But he is truly number one. Yeah, so is Cam Newton. So there you go. Um, all right, guys. Well, uh, again, thank you for listening. Subscribe where you get your podcasts and, you know, never miss an update. And obviously, like I mentioned, follow us on Twitter at MPTFball and join in on the daily discussion. Otherwise, anything else before we go, Toaster? I was going to make a joke about some cousin stuff, but we're, we're a multinational broadcast. I, I don't need to limit this to Alabama jokes. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody.